I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show you're powering down already it just started we gotta just (laughs) groundhog power up groundhog solid shadow let's power up that was the power up Thanks, I appreciate that. So many, so many, so many damn books. Welcome to So Many Damn Books. I am Christopher. I'm Drew. And it is 2020. It's 2020. And we are so glad to have you here with us for our now annual top books of the year of 2019. Yeah, we've come up with a joke for this year's two. A little bit of a little bit of a throwback. Everybody's been doing all these decade I mean, it's looks. Like barely a joke. I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> Normally we do top six because of our arbitrary the way that we did it the one time. Uh huh. This year, top eight. MySpace. Exactly. Tom's not on the list because he's not a book. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're not, uh, we're not talking drinks, although I did make something special for the, for myself to drink. You're in dry January. Yeah. So I'm drinking alone. What do you got? Um, I, uh, I have this uh, Amaro uh-huh. that's smoked, and it's Ooh. very, um, I'm going to call it difficult to drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that okay. like herbal finish <laughs> of like, it's like if, if. If an entire if your drink was all like the herbal finish of something, it's got like it goes oh. from herbal to smoke. Interesting. It's called um, sfumato. S f u m a t o. Um, it's really weird, and I haven't known what I bought it, trying it in the store because it was such a crazy taste that I was just like, sure, I'm gonna. Where did you get it? That Amaro store. Uh huh. Cool. And uh, and then I have not known what to do with it. I keep like putting it in things. I'm like, you know what I need? This cocktail will be great as soon as I take it out. <laughs> So I finally discovered the way to serve it, which is um, uh, equal parts sfumato and whiskey and honey as a hot toddy. Ooh, ooh, sure. Uh, so that's what I am drinking. That sounds really nice. It's really nice. I feel like the that's where you want a heavy herbal thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I'm calling it six more weeks of winter. Uh-huh. Not today. Yeah, I know. It's spring out for some reason. Yes, we're recording this on the 70-degree weekend here in New York. That it'll, It's surely like an boating for something horrible to happen. Yes. Should we do a What'd You Buy? First uh, of the year? Uh, yeah. What do, 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 what do
you want to start? No, you go. Okay. Uh, I will go with the three Christmas presents that my sister got me, three books. Um, all beautiful UK copies from when the last time she was in London. One, a uh, hat tip to Gabe Habash for this, Under the Net by Iris Murdoch. Mm. Last year was her centennial, and Penguin UK put out six of them in these beautiful matching illustrated covers. Uh, you love a matching illustrated I love cover. a matching set for authors, man. It just makes, it does nice things to my brain. But this, I only got the one. I got to pick up the other. I got to find the other five out in the wild. Um, <laughs> New Scarlet Thomas, Oligarchy, uh, which it's in a weird trim too. It's skinny and tall, but it's a paperback. And it's it's like taller than like the airport book, skinny tall paperback. Mm-hmm. Very, it's just, it fits in one hand in a very interesting, it's almost like a menu. Uh, and then the third is this novel, The Heavens by Sandra Newman. Oh yeah. That... I, it has not been talked about almost at all. It's coming out this year. No, it, it came out last year. Oh, okay. Um, but sort of like so flew under go. the radar. Yeah. It's got Shakespeare in it. As a character? As a character. And I, the the it hit me about a third of the way through. I was like, oh my fucking God. That's, it's going to be Shakespeare. And a few pages later, it turns out it was Shakespeare. Was he called just like Billy or He's something? He's like young Will. Uh, and it's 1593 and i was like i wasn't really i wasn't really paying attention i guess i don't know you probably could have figured it out sooner but um but that's not on the cover copy nope interesting it's kind of a spoiler i guess but not really like if you got william shakespeare as a character in your book figure out a way to put it in the copy put it on the box i mean anyway okay um so that was that was me thanks val what do you got so this uh, this company that uh, puts out really cool editions of books, mm-hmm. um, Edition de Saint-Pierre. Cool. <laughs> or SP Books, as you can also find them. Uh-huh. Um, they, uh, they, are rele- they released a, um, a, a Peter Pan edition. Oh, yes. And one, the thing that they do is they, they release um, the exact like handwritten... So uh, they they sent us one a while ago that was the Paul Auster New York trilogy, uh-huh. which is really cool. And this is the like in J M Barry's hand, his Peter Pan. Cool. Um, and it's supposed to be like slightly different, sure. Um, and and maybe a little darker. Uh, it's uh, huh. illustrated. It's beautifully illustrated by this illustrator, uh, Gwyneth Hudson, and um. You know, I opened it up. I was so excited. It's enormous. It's this like big, like building story size box, mm-hmm. and um, it's in this. It's this great green pebbled texture. You know, Ooh. just like it's already it feels good. Uh-huh. You pull it out, and J M Barry's handwriting is illegible. Like it's <laughs> impossible to just sit down and be like, ah, oh, I will read to myself some Peter Pan. No, no, no. So my 2020 um, project uh-huh. is I am transcribing what i think some of these you know transcribing peter pan and in some places i'm going to just be taking my best guess cool yeah sometimes when you're reading it it's funny it's like it locks in you're like oh i know i'm reading english uh Uh, because before it was like his ancient cuneiform writing (laughs) um and i'm but you know i will say that uh paul oster has a neater hand than jm barry nice take that for all it's worth (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Just nothing. laughs> and then uh, the other thing, another 
Christmas present for my parents. Um, they got me this awesome, it's called the Peanuts Papers. Mm. Uh, writers and cartoonists on Charlie Brown, Snoopy and the Gang, oh, and the I Meaning of that. Life. Cool. Yeah. And it's edited by Andrew Blauner, and it has, like, well, I think over 30 essays from awesome. people who like, you know, like our, our good friend Seth, mm-hmm. um, Ira Glass, our uh, good friend Jonathan Lethem. Cool. Uh, Mona Simpson, a.k.a. the uh, aunt uh-huh. of of our friend Lisa Brennan Jobs. Yeah. Uh, Maxine Hahn Kingston has an essay in oh, there. Oh, fun. Which is fun. Uh, Saunders, of course. Of course, George Saunders shows up. Sure. Sure. Uh, I'm really excited to read it. I haven't read any of it yet, except I read a little bit at the beginning. It's an Adam Gopnik uh, essay at the beginning, I believe. Uh-huh. And um, just made me want to go read some comic m- more. Sure. Peanuts. Cool. Yeah. Do you have the big set? The the any of those big like you know the ones? Well, they I I've I have the first 4 years mm-hmm. in the abs, you know, every strip. Yeah. The one that Seth designed. Yeah. Um I've got the first 4 and it's something I'm always on the lookout for in used bookstores, you mm-hmm. know. I I'm always looking to see if there's another year of Charlie Brown. Nice. Because I would love to own all of them, although I think I'd have to own a house. You need a whole room. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of it's books. It's a lot. Yeah. One of those books for each year. Yeah. I was reading some with... Good God. <laughs> there was a female character named Charlotte Braun um, that was just like supposed to be the female version of Charlie Brown. <laughs> except for she just it, the difference was she, she yelled everything so everything that she is like bigger uh-huh wow this didn't didn't last didn't, didn't weirdly charlotte braun not a d- beloved <laughs> member of the gang <laughs> if i was gonna write an essay i might write one about her sure somebody needs to <laughs> i'm sure there are i bet you i'm gonna come across it someone already did probably yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah cool Books. Books. There are two reasons why I prefer to do the best of the previous year at the start of the new year. Okay. One is... We're taking ourselves out of the conversation that everybody else is having. Well... (laughs) Sorry. I I mean, it is very true. It's... I I interrupted you. I'm sorry. (laughs) What's number one? One is we get we get books for Christmas. We read over the holidays, and there's always something that slots into certainly my personal best of the year list. But I think for both of us, we one of our uh, one of our top eights drops a joint top eight dropped in at the end of the year for both of us. Exactly. The other reason is that there's sometimes a new year can be scary. Sometimes it can be like this year where it's sort of general existential scary. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the scary of like, it's dark outside, it's cold. Ah, Like you start to get tense looking ahead and it's like, well, let's take a minute and look back. Yeah. Celebrate the good that we have had, you know? Yeah. And let's not discount, you know, put it, um, if you did decorate your house for Christmas, Mm -hmm. the, the, um, taking down of of decorations and the christmas tree is a sad that particular iteration of seasonal affective disorder yeah Yeah, the the day after when i'm just looking around my apartment it's just like where did all the sparkle come (laughs) (laughs) all the light has left my life (laughs) oh 
Gosh, it's true. <laughs> All right, so. So, top eight. Top eight. We're going to do uh, a, a our, joint six. A joint six, and then we'll put our own up. So, and um, we'll probably shout out several of, honorable mentions. And none of this is top. Or we're not going to get numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are just, we're just randomly talking here. Yeah. Um, let's talk, you know, one of our easiest ones to throw on the list, and it's been on every iteration of the list so far, mm-hmm. is uh, Clyde Fans. Yes. By Seth. Absolutely. Um, just wow. Wow. I mean, so... It, if you if you don't know the book, if you miss that episode, first of all, pause and go and listen to mm-hmm. it, um, and also maybe pause and go buy the book and read it. Um, but it, it's uh, these two brothers who've lived their lives completely differently, mm-hmm. and um, they they own a electric fan yeah. company. Um, true, like the fi- like uh, the actual object mm-hmm. of a fan, and not you know someone who enjoys work a lot. And it's just this, everything about it, it's a culmination of a two decade long project for Seth. Yeah. It's uh, beautiful. It's, it's a interesting object. Yeah. I mean, every aspect of it, there's something interesting. There's a hook for mm-hmm. every reader. And then it, the story itself is just tremendous and beautifully melancholic. Yeah. I mean, it really is an, exp- uh, an expression of melancholy, like mm-hmm. deep and, and in a way that, somehow it never feels exhausting mm-hmm. it's it's always um touching and difficult yeah it's uh, it's like that thing of joy where joy is the happiness that you feel because you know the sadness mm-hmm. there's a little bit like it's that reading this book allows you to sort of like everything that's happy in your life feels that much happier because you have this window into these two not even poor unfortunate like pretty ordinary yeah you know? it's, it's ordinariness you know that yeah. he's that he's exploring too yeah that's great oh so good so that was so there that's one of the absolute best books of last year uh-huh um another another one that was on this list for both of us and maybe the last piece of fiction that's on our joint list is the swallows by lisa lutz um we We've had Lisa on the show. We had her on for her, her previous book, The Passenger. Um, we're both huge fans of the Spellman books and her entire oeuvre. This is her 10th novel, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of wild because I've been reading her from the start. It's a boarding school, or it's a, a, a school novel, a campus novel. Mm-hmm. But it is also just like a furious feminist novel mm-hmm. in a way that is gripping and kind of complex and you get to the end of it and you're just like yeah you have to it's just but it's funny i mean the whole thing is very funny it's her weird sense of humor that um and it's all it's so bookish i mean this school Mm -hmm. is like named after authors and everything Uh everything all of the um landmarks are author things um it's just very it's joyous in, yeah in in and i think it would have to be in order for how she tackles the rest of it yeah there's there's a delight in the early going that is it's a great authorial trick that she pulls off in being able to pull you in and sort of be like okay it's a it's a campus novel with all of the joys of school and reading and then slowly the darkness creeps in mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, I I I wish that it's one of those books that I wish had gotten more attention over the course of the year because it speaks so wonderfully to our present. Mm-hmm. I I think it's I think it was a hard book to categorize. Mm-hmm. Um, as a lot of what she does is agreed. Yeah. Hmm. Um. The other this is fiction too, so I don't know what you're what? talking about. Women talking. Oh yeah, Miriam Tebbs. I mean, it's based on right on it's, a very sad reality. Right. Um, it's so weird that book lives for me in a a more liminal space where I don't think of it as fiction, even though it is. Um, I I love that it came to the show and we got to talk about it with uh, Leanne Shapton. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also appreciate that she taught us how to say Miriam's last name because T O W T O E W. Um, doesn't read as Tev to me. Yeah, yeah. But that is how you pronounce her name. And her book is about women figuring out that they have been sexually assaulted for months and months. Yeah, it's a Mennonite community in South America. And it's unfortunately based on completely true account. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's them deciding what to do now. Yeah. Do Do they stay and fight? Do they leave? And it, I mean, it is exactly what it says on the package. It is, it's these women having a conversation basically over the course of like a day and a half. And uh, it's, it, it somehow does all of the things that you'd want from a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it has all of these constraints. Right, right. Um, and it's just, you know, Sort of in the just like we were talking with Lisa Lutz, it's funny too, and it's amazing <laughs> that it sh- yeah. that you can find all the humor that you can in it. Um, and I think that that's something that I'm finding I need in all of my reading is at least some amount hmm. of of humor or right wryness to it. That I don't. It can't be just bleak from start to finish. Right. And some things are some things, and and that's the mood, and and that's great. That and and I'm glad that. Um, people who are searching for that can find it but it's something that's so important to me that things can't be unrelentingly bleak mm-hmm. even even uh, Clyde fans which were saying it's like an ode to melancholy finds some humor and some oh, lightness yeah. absolutely in how it works and I just I just think that you know it's one it's this is a really eclectic list um to me mm-hmm. and one thing that is in all of them is even when even for how bleak a lot some of these titles are um, Absolutely, yeah. It, they all find humor or, or lightness. Yeah, that's a really great. That's a really great distinction because there are those books that are just plodding, unrelenting, like sadness, right? And it's or, just and not, and not necessarily plodding, like just unrelenting, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have. It's nice to know that. To remind readers that there can be light even in the darkest, even in the darkest of times. Mm-hmm. Um, another book that that brings humor into difficult mm-hmm. conversations is Mir Jacobs' Good Talk. Um, and we were lucky enough to have her on the show again. If you haven't read the book, pause, go read the book, <laughs> uh-huh. then listen to the episode with her, then come back. We'll still be here. Um, it's a memoir in conversations mainly between her and her young son. And what starts out as 
and she talked about this a bit on the show, what starts out as just helping a young boy come to grips with being a young man of color in America takes a, a much more intense and personal turn for her for reading it. Just it's by the end of it, it's a really tremendously moving book. Mm-hmm. And there's also so much humor peppered throughout it. Yeah. It helps you focus on the really tough questions that she brings up about what it means to live in America right now. Right. I mean, one of the, one of the best sequences, um, and it's some of the mo- most dramatic movements of the book. It takes place at a at a dog, fancy <laughs> dog party. Yeah, a tea yeah. party for dogs. <laughs> so you know that's that's what that's what um, you know, Jacob is playing with. Yeah, um, and that is uh, that was a that was a crazy book, and it's a crazy reading experience because it it's illustrated, but it's photos, but it's it's like paper doll illustrated. It's yeah, and collage in the background. It's a really neat. And it, it's similarly to the holistic experience of Seth's book. You can see in a way that, you know, when it's just words on a page, you know that the author was fully invested in the thing. But good talk, the whole package of the reading experience, it's all Mira, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Some more nonfiction. It was a weird year for fiction. Yeah. Uh, and a so, good year for nonfiction. Yeah. Uh I think I was just, I think the reason why these ended up at the top is I just, we one more understanding of our time. Uh-huh. Uh, so Trick Mirror by yes. Gio Tolentino. I know that last episode I was already going off about this because uh-huh. I was in the middle of it. And now that I've finished it, I still am thinking about it. Um, yeah. it's I mean, like the defining essay collection for our generation. So uh, incredible. I mean, her essay about, it's one of the best ones in the book about that she was on a reality television show. <laughs> um, boys versus girls, Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. Um, and, and her unpacking that and realizing, you know, that she has been putting on an air of like, I don't know how that happened to me. And then realizing like, oh, no, I really wanted it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that all of that. And just thinking about how she could have gotten through this without, bec- you know, before virality was a thing right oh man yeah it's crazy i also in the first essay she says a thing where she's like i think that our current obsession with the internet and the way in which like the internet makes people famous is bad but also i would not be here without it right and she spends the whole first essay grappling with the space between those two things in a way that somehow makes it make sense which is astonishing. Yeah. But also it ex- it explains it explains the world. Yeah. And a world that doesn't feel like it can really be explained most of the time. Right. The online world, the yes. online space. Yeah. Or our relationship to it's re- a relationship to real life. One more one piece more. of nonfiction. This mm-hmm. is the one that that for us both dropped in at the end of the year. Uh-huh. Came out late in the year, and then we both read it basically at the holidays. Um, Carmen Maria Machado's *In the Dream House*. Yes, which is her memoir of an abusive relationship, told through structural, structural play. Yeah. Each chapter, sometimes each page, is a different narrative trope a different form of storytelling mm-hmm. a different idea of story so it's like there's a choose your own adventure 
that's that was one of the that best. was really fun um there's the uh as noir uh-huh as superhero story as stoner comedy <laughs> yeah it it's um it's a very powerful book the she's also a, a thing that she keeps bringing up is that there are not stories of abuse in queer relationships that there particularly are particularly le- lesbian, lesbian re- relationships. relationships um particularly lesbian relationships of color right like and so she she's building a st- like she's like okay i want all of these versions of this story and so i'm gonna make my story sort of use all of those tropes to do a thing which is really impressive right and and there's also this meta um narrative that's going on throughout it of the writing of the book that she's referring to that's mm-hmm. very interesting i i usually you know um i think that this was the year that i came to terms with being okay with ter- uh stories about writing mm uh, sure because i i usually avoid those like the plague right <laughs> But um, this year, I felt much closer to it, and and like it made more sense, and it wasn't as alienating as I usually find. I wonder if that has something to do with this idea of this year in particular. We were looking for sense. We were looking for logic. We were looking to understand, and there is something to that idea of like an author saying, I, too, am looking to understand, and I'm taking you along my journey because I don't know where it's going to end up. So you sort of have to have a little bit of that I am writing to understand the world that I am writing about, mm-hmm. which is a neat circular. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the Argonauts too, in the ways that it totally reconceives what nonfiction can look like. Mm-hmm. So that's so, our joint six. Uh, I'm gonna for my title that I'm putting on. That's that's mine alone. Although you read it and enjoyed it as well. Uh huh. Um, I'm choosing Bunny by Mona Awad. Oh yes. Uh. Loved having her on the show. It's a fantastic episode. Go listen to it. <laughs> um, and the book is about a, you know, a, a woman who goes to a creative writing um, <laughs> program uh-huh. at what is basically Brown University, right? Yes. We yeah. Can, yeah. 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 Um, but it's not because she wanted to give it her own edge to everything uh-huh. <laughs> and um you know i've been to that area i know what you and it's just like uh, i don't know i i loved this book um i loved its depiction of mfa programs i yeah. loved the weird horror turn it took uh-huh. oh, um man. and i love that even like often when i read an end of a book and i'm like wow i don't quite understand of what everything that happened there uh-huh. i didn't feel shortchanged. i felt more like i bet you if i read this again and again and again I would have all of the answers. They're all here. Right. Um, and it's fascinating and so funny and and just bizarre. And every time you're like, wow, I, I, she's going to have to deal with all that. And then it's going to get normal. It's just like, <laughs> no, no, no. the answers are bizarre, too. Yes. Um, and it's also one that I've been able to like confidently put in a lot of people's hands. And they'll all come back like, wow. <laughs> Isn't that great? Um, so, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, my solo contribution is another piece of nonfiction and it's, it is the book that has stuck with me the most this year and that I have literally gone back to over and over and over again. Uh, democracy may not exist, but we'll miss it when it's gone by Astra Taylor. And it, it rewired my brain when I read it. I read it first in April, late March, early April when I was producing 
some events with the Onassis Foundation about democracy, and I had the great pleasure of talking with Astra during a panel, and I saw the documentary, um, that What is Democracy?, that she... This book was meant to be the companion piece to the documentary, and then it sort of expanded beyond the bounds of that. It it tries to answer the question of what is democracy, but instead of looking at the ways in which our modern democracy is sort of split along these right-left partisan axes, each chapter is a different dichotomy that cuts across those axes. So operating on you know, the third-dimensional axis that moves through left and right and is looking more about inclusion and exclusion. Huh. Um, it doesn't have all of the answers necessarily, but it helped me think more clearly in my attempt to find them. Over it, It's such an urgent book, and only more so as we ramp up for 2020. 2020. 2020. Boy, oh boy. Here we are. We're going to make it after all well (laughs) we are (laughs) 2019 was a good it was a good weird year for writing in general i um i think i my my final tally i think i read 105 books nice in 2019 which also felt like i was doing the least amount of reading i've ever done but it's not true. I was just reading a lot of books for work. Ah, uh, yes. Sure. That always that'll always do it. Um I came in at 223. Wow, you Which doubled. is about what I did last year. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. I di- I really didn't it was not until towards the end of the year, like the last 4 months of the year after I had quit the public that I my reading actually like really ramped up. Huh. But it's also, you know, I go to books to escape or to reduce my depression or anxiety and it's tough out there yeah right now you know i've heard i've heard about it <laughs> uh so that's uh so those are our top eight um if you want to see their list if you were listening and didn't write anything down uh go to our website so many damn books slash episodes um and you will find the top eight of 2019 Yep. And you can click on that. You can do that with all our episodes. True. We've got you covered. You don't have to have your notebook and your pen out while you're listening. They're all on the website. All on the website. So many damn books.com. That's also the place where all of our um, drink recipes live. Uh huh. Um, I, I think we'll, you were, there's even a link to download our Christmas song. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, you know, if you uh, want are curious about our show, it's a good place to start. You can go there. Well, really, the place to start is here. Yeah. You're here. You've done it. Congratulations. Uh, step two, website. question marks. Step, step three, three, profit. Right. And step four, profit. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing to do is go to our Patreon. Uh-huh. Uh, Patreon.com slash S-M-D-A-B. Uh, and... If you want to chip in a dollar or ten dollars, or if you're really, really rich and you're like, I want to give those boys six hundred and fifty thousand dollars an episode, boy, don't do that through Patreon. Give us an email. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, that's a great place to. If you seriously, the chipping in one dollar a month that helps. It does. Um, And what else can you do? You can reach out to us. You can reach out to us. It's always nice. You can also. We also would love 
to see who's the first person that or the no who's the fifth person that leaves us a review in 2020 Ooh, hey is that it yeah i think it has to be (laughs) (laughs) um we'll be back in two weeks with something yeah who knows we don't bye bye